0: Welcome to From Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Alicia. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and to current events to try and understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine and as women in general. Yep. And you can find
1: or follow us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which are all at From Skirts to Scrubs. We also have a Twitter, which is at FSTS underscore podcast. And you can check out our website for more information on our episodes, show notes, sources, merch and more and that's from skirts to
0: scrubs.com. yeah you can also subscribe to us on whatever podcasting app you like and you can leave us a rating and review and apple Podcasts and spotify are great places to do that
1: yeah wow episode four of the mini series part two yeah so fun today we are going to be talking about borderline personality disorder So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to jump right into it because like my next question is like, you know, what is borderline personality disorder and what is a personality disorder? Mm -hmm. So a personality disorder is a type of mental health condition where long-term patterns of behavior, thoughts, and feelings in a person's life are just really different from the societal and cultural norms of the place and like era in which that person lives. Yeah. And this causes a lot of difficulties in people's like daily functioning. And that's like the key thing about the personality disorder piece is that it causes an issue with people and their functioning. Usually the patterns are like really hard to shake, like almost impossible. They're just like ingrained to respond to that apple watch (laughs) get out of here apple watch is like i don't know how to respond to that and i'm like dude i know it's really hard to (laughs) shake these patterns (laughs) um like these people will just not change their way of life or thinking and so that makes their daily lives really hard for them there are three clusters of personality disorders char do you know what they are
0: do you want to tell me i mean it's like cluster a cluster b and cluster c um <laughs> nice but the, i don't know <laughs> Do you remember really, like generally like what ones are in each yeah cluster a is like weird i think and that's like schizotypical people or typal what's it which are like phoebe buffet from friends <laughs> yeah. and then there's like schizoid which are people who just like are loners and hang up by themselves and then is paranoid the other one in that one yeah and then the second one is more like weird it's more like dramatic and emotional yeah it's like narcissism histrionic I don't know stuff like that and then the last one's like and yeah and the last one's like wacky I don't remember what they got it's like weird wacky and I know I know
1: know what you're talking about but (laughs) that's not it it's
0: weird wild worried Yes. yes so
1: cluster a is the like odd weird eccentric kind of people. Cluster B is the dramatic, emotional, like erratic behavior. And cluster C is the anxious or fearful people. So of those three clusters, which do you think women are most often diagnosed with? Definitely the second one. Yeah, cluster B for sure. The like dramatic and emotional, which like kind of makes sense given our society. So Mm -hmm. I won't get into like each of the separate personality disorders, in particular, but I will dive a little bit more into the cluster B disorders because I think they're pretty interesting. And it's also like helpful to see the commonalities among them in order to better understand borderline personality disorder. So the four personality disorders are antisocial, histrionic, narcissistic, and borderline. Antisocial personality disorder is like the Ted Bundys of the world and the Voldemorts of oh, the yeah. world. They have like sociopathic tendons. They are. Oh my God. Like remember that one scene in Half-Blood Prince where Voldemort literally was like trapping animals in the closet. And then Dumbledore was like, you need to let out the animals, Tom, or whatever he said. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, And like, that's like, just
0: for the pleasure of, oh yeah. And that's like
1: small peanuts. But like, let's not forget how he literally took those two children to that scary cave and murdered Indeed, them to make a crux. Yeah. yeah, like that's antisocial behavior. Yes. Histrionic personality disorder is like the drama queens. Like the this person likes to be the center of attention, and they'll do basically like anything to be in that space. Like often they are like hypersexual, and they just like like to garner that attention, whether it's like good or bad narcissistic is the one that I feel like we kind of all know about because we use that word so often we just like throw it around but narcissistic personality disorder um is where people are like very self-centered but not in a way that they want a lot of attention but more in the sense that they want to be known as the people who like they know everything they are right they are like the most epic mansplainers of the world like that's yes. like narcissism And um, not to say that it's like only common in men, but just like that idea. Finally, borderline personality disorder is the one that we're covering today. So borderline personality disorder or BPD, which is what I'm going to start calling it, is characterized by instability of interpersonal relationships, self-image and emotions, as well as by like impulsivity across a wide range of situations because like all of these things you are allowed to be like unstable sometimes in your life when it comes to like small moments in time but like when it starts to impinge on your life or it's like affecting you in these significant ways causing significant impairment or subjective distress and it's affecting your life and the people around you that is a problem that is a huge problem and that is like what borderline personality disorder is characterized by.
0: Yeah, that's how like like most psych disorders are. Like yeah. if you have depression, like it's not clinically depression until it really impacts your life. Like it's really causing a real issue. Like that's like how a lot of psych things work, I guess.
1: So to show kind of the like severity of this or the magnitude, 10% of people with this condition will commit suicide and like be successful in it. And 70% have attempted suicide. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So like, how do we diagnose BPD? So we use the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And in the DSM, um, a person to be diagnosed with BPD needs to have five or more of These like next nine symptoms, and they need to be present for like a good amount of time, which is, I guess, kind of vague because you're like, what is a significant period? Like, is it six months? Is it a year? Like, is it since childhood? Like, what is it? But anyway, it needs to be present for a good amount of time and it needs to cause distress or impairment, like Charlotte was saying. It's interestingly usually diagnosed in late adolescence or early adulthood. And I'll come back to this point, but I just find that Mm. really interesting because if you are developing your personality in late adolescence and early adulthood, how are you supposed to diagnose someone with a personality disorder if they still don't even have a fully formed personality?
0: You know? Also, like, personality disorder, I think, like, You can't just like diagnose it right off the bat. You have to like meet with someone multiple times and get to know them before you can like officially diagnose some personality disorder. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely
1: like a longitudinal thing and it's pretty hard to diagnose. Like it's like, I'll talk about it later, but it's often misdiagnosed or like conflated with other things or like misdiagnosed. Like people will give people the label of BPD even if they don't have it. So it's a very complex thing, but the like actual criteria to diagnose it are like five of the nine next nine things so the first is like frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment two is a pattern of unstable or intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between idealization and devaluation and this is known as splitting so splitting is like a better Mm. example is like basically when you like either pit two people against each other or you feel really strongly about someone. You one point, it's like, they are the best. They are God's gift to mankind. They are everything. And then they are the worst. They are the scum of the earth. They're horrible, awful, hateful people. And you like go back and forth between these yeah. emotions all the time. You're like labile. You're emotionally labile. Three is an identity disturbance. So this is like a marked and persistent Unstable self image or sense of self. So you kind of just like don't really know who you are. And that is like a very distressing feeling. Um, Impulsivity in at least Mm -hmm. two areas, potentially self damaging. So this is like spending, substance use, like reckless driving, binge eating, like you act in impulsive ways. Um, The next is recurrent suicidal behavior, gestures or threats, or self harm kind of behaviors. Um, the next is like affective instability due to like a reactivity of mood. This is also probably a better, like example of the emotional lability and like having intense episodes of like being really happy and then really irritable and then really anxious. And like, they usually last like a few hours mm-hmm. and then kind of go away. It's like, just like, you're really high and low all the time. Um, and like little things yeah. will like emotionally set you off. And the next is like chronic feelings of emptiness. Mm -hmm. The last two. So it's like inappropriate and intense anger or difficulty controlling anger. And then the final one is like transient stress-related paranoid thinking. So it's actually a really wide range of. So many symptoms. Symptoms that you can feel. But like if you have like five of these, then you would technically have borderline personality disorder. And one mm-hmm. thing that is interesting that I wanted to bring up is the thing it's called the stuffed animal sign. Have you ever heard of it?
0: I've only heard of it because you have I told think it's me it's so it. interesting. You want to tell me what I told you. <laughs> yeah. You told me that studies have shown that patients who bring stuffed animals with them to the hospital more likely to have borderline personality disorder. Yeah. It's, it's essentially that lines, it's, basically. it's not like, it's not that if you
1: have stuffed animals, you have borderline personality disorder, but it's more like when you have borderline personality disorder, a lot of the times you like bring like, stuffed animals to the hospital with you. And these are just like, you know, get well soon mm-hmm. bears or whatever. This is like your like childhood, like bunny that like has one eye and is like, not okay. You know, that's the vibe is like, you have it's this like, like a- thing that you bring and like the more stuffed animals you have, like the higher your stuffed animal sign is. It's not diagnostic of anything. It's just like, it's just a correlation Correlation that they've seen. Yeah. But it's, I think it's really interesting. And like, how do we treat BPD? What do we do for it? So it's really interesting because most personality disorders cannot be treated. Like we don't have treatments for really many of them. The only option is like therapy. And even then, like you can't therapize someone's like personality out of them um, yeah. but BPD actually has like a very effective type of treatment. Um, do you know what it is, Shar?
0: It's um like dialectal behavioral therapy. Yeah, dialectical, therapy, dialectical like behavioral
1: that. therapy or DBT. DBT is like a subset of cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy but it more focuses on the emotions of that person in a moment in time. So something about people with bpd is mm. that they have very strong emotional responses to very small stimuli and like small like something that like a regular person who doesn't have bpd wouldn't be set off by, someone with bpd gets set off by. And dbt yeah teaches you skills to help de-escalate your own emotions in a moment that you're feeling acutely distressed rather than letting your emotions get the better of you and now you're running wild and you're unable to emotionally regulate. and so it actually helps a lot it doesn't help necessarily it can't cure your bpd but it can help with coping and it can help you like function Mm -hmm. in your daily life a little bit better because you're no longer like committing suicide when your partner like gets mad at you or leaves you or whatever it is like you're not taking these like far steps um and so i like yeah wanted to mention dbt briefly there um and that's kind of the only real treatment that we have though. But I did actually attend a DBT session during my psych rotation because we had to like attend a therapy session mm-hmm. and it was really interesting. And I think like everyone could benefit from DBT, like everyone on this planet to an extent, because I just think like,
0: I, I do, because
1: I think like we all have moments where we're feeling overwhelmed by emotions, some more than others. But I think that like DBT mm-hmm. teaches you great skills in how to regulate your own emotions, but also how to communicate what you're feeling to other people. And I think we all could benefit from being better communicators of how we're feeling internally and not putting those emotions onto other people. That's
0: why I think that. That's fair. Thank you. It's I my like hot that. take. My pet peeve is when people let their emotions affect how they interact I with other people. I agree. Especially at work, like in the hospital. Like it drives me insane. Um, and sometimes it's hard. Like I understand it's hard to, you know, regulate your own emotions or like deal with them, but I think there's also a level of respect that comes with like not putting those emotions on someone else. I agree. I
1: agree. And I think like there's emo like you can have an emotional response, but like have you really thought about like whether it's like a reasonable response? Anyway, a DBT teaches you to do all those things and to (laughs) like bring in a little more cognition rather than letting your emotions run wild. So I think that's cool. Um, I did try to do like a brief history look. It was hard though to find much and I didn't find it like anything ancient. I did find a little bit of information on like how the name borderline personality disorder came to be and like borderline. So in 1937, Mm -hmm. a Hungarian-American psychoanalyst named Adolf Stern stood before the New York Psychoanalytical Society and was talking about like a subset of patients who have been coming to his clinic really regularly. And he described them as like very sensitive, paranoid, distressed, um, depressed, anxious, and like altogether unstable. And he said that they existed Hmm. on the borderline of insanity. He said that such patients were sick, but not due to brain damage because they were sick because of not being or not having been sufficiently loved in childhood. <laughs> I know. Aww. Which is like interesting cuz there is associations with like trauma and BPD which I was going to talk about yeah, in a little but it, like I wonder if that's what he was trying to get at and didn't say it as nicely, unclear. I know. Maybe. In 1942, a disciple of Freud, Dr. Helene Deutsch, called borderline patients as if personalities. Yeah, like as if personalities and they were people who like lived among ordinary folk and acting as if they were normal but they were not. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Are oh not." Oh and then in 1952, Robert Knight following like directly from this like stern dude from the beginning said that the subset of patients had no sense of self. And so in times of stress, they succumbed to borderline states of madness. And that is mm. kind of where the name stuck. I know. Ooh. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, it's a little harsh, but yeah. like interesting. But, you know, they were not the kindest uh, to psych patients in the in the 1900s. Yeah. that's very So true. like, what is... BPD often mistaken for. So it's comorbid or like is associated with a lot of psychiatric disorders, including like depression, bipolar disorder, um anxiety, substance use mm-hmm. disorder, eating disorders, and somatoform disorders, which are the ones where like people experience real physical symptoms that are like super real. but it's not because of something being physically wrong with them, but like a mental psychiatric cause. Those are also associated with mm-hmm. BPD. The thing I like new BPD for to like often be misassociated or like misdiagnosed as is bipolar disorder. And it kind of makes sense yeah, because it's like hard to too. differentiate sometimes with like bipolar type two, which is the like less like intense. Like bipolar type one is where you have like frank manic episodes. Bipolar type two is where you kind of go yeah. back and forth between like some mania, but then like some like depression and it's like less. Like, of a big swing. And it's also sometimes misdiagnosed as like depression, PTSD, some dissociative identity disorders, like the ones like in, you know, split, Mm -hmm. like the dude who has like seven personalities. That one is a very extreme example. But like, if you have like one personality or something, that's like something associated with BPD. ADHD is also associated with it. And then just like other personality disorders, like, especially in the same cluster, but not necessarily, they can also be in others. And so, Like, I guess my final kind of thing is like, oh, is it more common in women? Is it, Alicia? Tell us. Is it? So of course, (laughs) like we picked it because when Charlotte and I like picked these episodes, we like go based off of our own knowledge of like, you know, the litmus of like, oh, what are ones that like are commonly associated or diagnosed in women or like found in women or whatever. So the ratio of women Mm. to men with BPD is a three to one ratio. but It's important to note that that ratio is of the people who are seen in the medical system and are getting psychiatric care. So what's interesting is that actually Mm. multiple studies have been done that show BPD is not actually more prevalent across people's lifetimes between men and women. But, and the prevalence is only like 2% of the general population, but it's like the same in men and women. What is different is that it's diagnosed predominantly in women. 75% of known borderline personality patients are women. And that's the big difference. I also Mm -hmm. think it's just interesting that like a lot of the symptoms, like the erraticness and the impulsivity and all those things are like things that are like normal in like adolescent behavior. So it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, you like it's have true. BPD because like you're an impulsive teenager. I mean, hopefully people aren't like throwing that diagnosis around willy nilly. But I did think that's like interesting to mention.
0: Yeah,
1: um, My roommate brought that up to me and she was like, you should talk about this. And I was like, I will. But honestly, mm-hmm. like knowing everything that I know, it's interesting that like you and I decided that this should be an episode that we talked about. And I'm glad we did because it allowed us to have this conversation where it's like this arbitrary number that we've decided of like, oh, it's like more commonly in women is not actually like in line with the prevalence of the disease. So like, where did we learn that? And like, yeah which is interesting you know, know like what's true about it, what's not like, you know, anyway,
0: so I, I know two people, well I've met three people in my life who have BPD and two of them are in my family. And one of them, my family is a man. And he got diagnosed like late in his life, like in his fifties. And he was like, it was such a relief to be diagnosed and actually know like why I feel like this all the time in my life kind of thing. Interesting. And it's super interesting. And I, and then something like his therapist who diagnosed him or something said that actually like, there's a lot of people out there who like are undiagnosed and like a lot more people have it than you think. And, oh, like, I totally thing. believe that. Is, like, um, interesting. And I think it's hard because there's yeah. like lots of comorbidities and stuff, but.
1: I do think it's interesting that like, yeah. we like learn things in school and like, this is like our medical education, but like, we also like conflate mm-hmm. like certain things with types of patients, um, when the actual prevalence doesn't line up. And I think it is interesting that like all the things mm-hmm. I was saying about BPD, it's difficult to spin those in a way that is genuinely positive, you know, like. Of course, people living with BPD yeah. are lovely oh. humans who have this like disorder, but that doesn't mean that they're not great. But as a result, like they still have all these like negative connotations attached to this, like to all these conditions, all of these symptoms. And I think it's interesting that like, even mm-hmm. though it's not literally the equal in both men and women, these symptoms with negative connotations, this disorder is like more associated with women even if it's not true. Yes. So that was like kind of my only thought. And then I didn't know if you had any other like personal or anecdotal stories. It sounds like your family member has BPD. I don't know if you've met, ever met
0: like patients with it. Yeah. I've never actually met patients with it. I don't think Yeah, I've just had had a coworker who had BPD and then yeah, I have two family members who have it. And I'll say like, it's very <laughs> one of my family members, like I see a lot more and it's so evident. Like, so many of the symptoms, like it's just so true. And I'll be like, oh my God. Sometimes it's so frustrating. And I have to be like, okay, <laughs> like it's because of this. Like their actions are because of this disorder. And I can be frustrated with them. But at the same time I have to realize that they also always cannot control like these types of things. So I'm, I'm like happy I have that medical background sometimes and can educate like other people in my family about it. Um, because it is like hard to understand. It can be really frustrating. And I even felt that way, like about the coworker I had who had it too. She was sometimes hard to be friends with, but like, she's such a great person. It's not like BPD, like makes you, doesn't, it doesn't make you into someone who you can't be friends with. It might be frustrating though, because like their personality is so different than what you're used to. Yeah. It just um, makes coping so it's just something that, like, makes harder. If you yeah. do, yeah, like if you do know someone with it, then I would like encourage you to actually like look into it and research it more because it can be difficult. Because you're like, why are they acting like this or thinking this or doing this so like out of normal or what you're used to? You just have to like realize that it's, I don't know, kind of what they have to deal with every day too. And they're also frustrated by their own actions. Yeah. And the stuffed animal thing is like so true. (laughs) Like both girls I know that have BPD, like obsessed with stuffed animals, like obsessed, literally obsessed. Like I enjoy my Squishmallow as well because it's the perfect pillow for my head. But like that's it. Like I'm not obsessed with stuff animals. Yeah. You know. Oh so it's gosh. just so funny like. Funny yeah, and it's like true stuff animals because it's just like overwhelmingly yeah, that true. Is so funny.
1: Yeah, I had like one patient on time. psych that it was like a BPD versus bipolar. Um, and she really gave me the runaround. Like mm. I was like trying to interview her, and I was just like, you know, she was getting me every time. <laughs> like she was just luring me in and I was falling <laughs> for the bait. Like I like. Yeah, it was it was interesting, like actually being someone manipulated by a patient and not knowing it until after when my resident was like, oh, yeah, like you were being so kind and empathetic. But like X, Y, Z is like probably like a better way to approach this. Whatever. Anyway, that was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, psych's hard. Yeah. And I think like what's hard is like some people who are like meant to be psychiatrists have this like fantastic ability to like read between the lines and I just don't have that. And so they recognize that that person's truth is their reality, but they I like it when my patient's
0: reality and my reality overlap. I agree. Sometimes it's really hard. Like mentally I can never dissociate what exa- exactly what you're saying that like someone's reality is different than yours. Like, it's just like so hard to imagine and I can never do it. Like I, I can understand it and sympathize with it, but like, I can't relate to it, which makes it hard for me to, talk to those yeah. patients in the way i want yeah. to so yeah, yeah that makes total sense but this disorder is super very, interesting very um, interesting and i'd never heard of it before. School, oh same never
1: but yeah if you want more things to make sense or you want to learn more about disorders that you've never heard about um you should subscribe to the podcast
0: and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, places like that. You can also follow us on social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all those things. You can also check out our website for more information, show notes, sources, and more. And that's from ScrubsToScrubs.com. And lastly, here is the women who have fought for us to be where we are today. And we do the same for those who come after us. See you next time. See everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.